I think it's a four cube minimum. Four cube minimum. <laughs> it's hard to build. Oh God! Oh no! 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 Oh! From Alda, this is the Protect Your Wild podcast with Colin and Avinash. I'm Colin Campbell, and this week I'll tell a story of a snowy legend that changed the way we experience the outdoors to Avinash, who will have to answer five key questions. Hi, I'm Avinash. <laughs> For every question he gets wrong, he's going to have to suffer the consequences. So, Avinash, are you ready to pick your poison? Uh, yeah, I guess so. Let's go. Are you nervous? Oh, boy. Yeah, I'm, really, I'm literally like All right, terrified. grab from the hat of glory, the Patagucci glory hat. You'll get a better one. I think you, you knock one out. Did I? Yeah. Oh. Let's get that back in there. All right, all right. Let's just grab. Is this one? Is this one? Fuck. What is it? Shrinkage. shrinkage. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> so, what shrinkage is, oh, is uh, what we're going to do is get basically Avinash two pairs <clears throat> of underwear and we're going to pack ice in between the layers uh with each question that he gets wrong so every time he gets question wrong we're gonna have a bucket of ice we're gonna have towels because it's gonna get wet and wild oh no my poor little peeper oh (laughs) no my poor peepee all right we gotta set this up so we'll be back with some magic of editing shit all right avanash is getting changed now so what we're doing is he is throwing on a pair of like boxer briefs over another pair of boxer briefs. So we, of course, don't want him to have straight ice balls, um, so to speak. So what we got is we put our waterproof koala tree blanket on the ground under the chair. Not for <laughs> not, not, not an official sponsor, but I, I've talked to Charlie. He's a, he's a nice guy. And, uh, and each time Avinash gets a question wrong... He's got to take a handful and stuff it just right in the crotch. I'm not. I'm not going with any thigh ones. You got to put it just right down yeah, the center, yeah, right and uh, and then he just has to sit in it as I continue to tell the story. Uh, and he I'm freezes. So terrified. <laughs> He's gonna freeze his nuts off. Good, good stuff. It's very fitting for this uh, episode, though. You know. Yeah, it's a snowy surprise. We got a nice little cold bowl of ice on the desk for him. Are you ready to hear a story? Yeah, I'm ready. All right, man. So <laughs> you're like shivering before it's even. Yeah, I'm, I'm 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 nervous, dude. You remember like uh, in the parking lots and just before this, I was complaining about the cold in Colorado. True. Yeah, and I do. How much that. I hate the fucking cold. Yeah. Um. Now, now I get this challenge. I just Fish have to draw this out of the hat. Like, True. Oh, jeez. All right. <clears throat> so. You ready? You're you focused in? Stop staring yeah. at the bowl of ice. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> April 29th, 1954, Catherine and Tim Carpenter splopped out their fourth and final child in New York, New York, by the name of Jacob Burton Carpenter. Nice. Um, so they raised their family in Cedarhurst, New York, uh, taking occasional trips to Vermont to ski. This is when Jake first got introduced to the $10 Snurfer, which was invented by a guy named Sherman Poppin, a.k.a. Snow Surfer is what it stands for, the Snurfer, right? Pretty logical. Okay, yeah. Um, and it was pretty much just like a kid's toy to mess around with at the times on, like, local hills. You know, it's expensive to go skiing and pay for the passes. Yeah. So this way kids could have something to slide down the snow on and have a good time. Yeah. Um. So imagine, like, what it looks like. It's like a board. The backside of it is flat to the snow, right? But the tip of it, the nose, is curved up. Okay. Um, and then the nose of it, there's a leash that would come off that you could hold on to to kind of ah. help control it a little bit. Give it direction. And give it a little bit of direction. Nice. So I'm going to slide this picture over just to show you real quick. Uh. That's kind of what we're talking about. Okay. Um, so, <clears throat> yeah, um... 
he lived a, a pretty happy and privileged life. Um, but then in one day in 1967, uh, their family received some, some pretty terrible news. Oh, the no. Vietnam what War happened? was in full force. Uh-oh. Yeah, that's a pretty shitty one. That's not a good one. And, I don't think uh, there was ever a good one, but okay. Fair, yeah, fair enough. Revolutionary War was all right. We we got yeah got, we got, got some stuff yeah, back. Yeah, fair. Um, so uh, Vietnam War was in full force, and Jake's older brother George Whitney Carpenter was a corporal in the Marine Corps, and he died while he was serving. Um, he earned a silver star medal and a purple heart. As you can imagine, it was pretty tough on their family mm-hmm. and especially tough on, on Jake, who was a 13 year old kid at the time. You know, imagine you're, you're older, your big brother that you look up to who goes off to war. I'm sure he, you know, he idolizes him, right? Yeah. And, and now they get the news that he's dead. Um, That's tragic. Yeah. It's, it's not a great start for Jake in a way. Um, so the following year in 1968, uh, Jake attended the Brooks school in North Andover, Massachusetts. So they're in New York. This is in Massachusetts, like a boarding school, Mm -hmm. um, that his dad and his brother that had passed before him attended. Um, his older brother, George was actually kind of a legend there, right? So he was the school's president, the student body president. He was the captain of the crew team. And, you know, that kind of established like a legacy to uphold for, for the yeah. Carpenter family, right? Like a, like a historic winner, basically. Like Yeah, he's, this, guy, this kid was a winner, and, and he passed away, and I'm sure that was known at the school, right? Mm-hmm. And, and now Jake is coming in. Um, so here's our first question. Flip. While at Brooks School, okay. Jacob Carpenter, A, became the captain of the school swim team, and was valedictorian following right in his brother's footsteps. So he, he lived up to the legend. B, he got expelled after just two years for being a snarky wise-ass and generally just an underachiever. Mm-hmm. C, he was an average student that was mostly just focused on skiing every chance he got, um, kind of skipping school when necessary. Or D, he got expelled for skipping too many classes and days at school. For skiing? Uh, at times, yes, for skiing, but also just general degenerate type person. Okay, so um, you said the school's in Vermont, right? No, the school is in Massachusetts. Massachusetts. So think of the Northeast. Oh, Boston-ish, like, yeah, that kind of. Yeah, I'm going to pull up a nap because I'm um, so dumb. I don't know. <laughs> I'm going to assume the swimming one is not a thing because um, just like, I don't hear that many swimmers coming from Massachusetts, you know? <laughs> I guess. Like, that's a fucking I mean, being the captain statement. of their team doesn't mean he's good. Oh, true. If there's no that, swimmers that out true. there. Like, he's just yeah. the captain of his team. I'm not I saying he's an Olympian. I can float, and I can move in a direction, so. I'm Correct. I'm the fucking captain. Um, valedictorian. Um, I, I, I don't see that happening. I, I think he's probably sad. And that that affects a lot of things. Um, mm-hmm. Then, um, what are the other options? I, I um, so, do you want me to just read through all of them again? So, uh, the first the one sec- is what you talked yeah, yeah, about yeah. mostly. The second one is he got expelled after just two years for being a snarky wise-ass and an underachiever. The third one, he was uh, an average student that was mostly focused on skiing every chance he got and skipping school when he had to, Kay. to do so. And then the last one again was he got expelled for skipping too many classes and days at school. Why'd you say it that way? What way? Like expelled, <laughs> and I'm like, oh. well, because the the answer before that it was he was an average student, oh. but didn't get expelled. Okay, I'm gonna go with he was an average student, didn't get expelled. Okay, that's your final answer. That's my final answer. You stupid! <laughs> oh fuck me! Oh fuck me sideways! All right, what is the correct answer? Let the frosty nuts begin. I don't know. Put some put some ice in your your underwear and let's God. see. God. All right, yeah, get a good handful. Hey, that's like three cubes. There you go. Ah, hey, you let one slide. That's three cubes. Right, right. I think it's a four cube minimum. Four cube min. <laughs> it's hard to hold. 
Oh God! Oh no! 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 Oh! What's good is when you release it, and now it's like pressuring the the ice against your nuts. No way! Ah, this is not fun. Just wait until it starts melting and soaking. Your your bits and pieces. We need a towel. Oh, did you pee yourself? No, I'm, I mean, <laughs> I didn't pee myself. I'm just saying, if, if it starts melting, it's, it's we'll going to... We'll just let it drip down, you know. On, onto your seat? No, yeah, onto the seat. We'll wipe it up after. So, so the, right, the correct right. answer. Damn. Uh, Jake got expelled after just two years for being snarky, wise-ass, and underachiever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> so, quote, I was a wise-ass when I was young to a fault. According to him, he stayed up doing LSD two nights a week and really just didn't care about school. Um, yeah. How you doing? It's cold, dude. It's really cold. Fair enough. So, <laughs> all right, stay with me here. So he and his dad drove five hours uh, from their home to meet with the headmaster in Massachusetts for basically what ended up being a five-minute conversation telling him he was expelled um, but ultimately, the good news is this all turned it around for Jake. Um, it was like an eye-opening experience, right? Hey, hey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so he transferred uh, to his second chance boarding school in Connecticut in 1970, where he was an overachiever all of a sudden. He worked his ass off joining the ski team, graduating the top of his class in 1972. Wow, the potential was there all along. Yeah, he had it in him. Um, he, he turned it around. Uh, but it wasn't exactly easy still. Um, Why not? In 1971, tragedy struck the Carpenter family yet again. Jake's mother, Catherine Carpenter, died of leukemia, oh. leaving a 17-year-old Jake devastated. That's not fun. Yeah. Quote, she was my last line of defense between me and my dad, who never hit me, but I never lived up to his expectations. Um, oh. You know, imagine the father lost his golden boy son in the war. Mm. Now Jake is doing his best to turn it around. Um, so even through this, though, Jake's uh, strong finish in high school got him accepted at CU Boulder. Oh, nice. Yeah, here, that's where we're at, people. We're in Boulder, Colorado. Um, and they were the reigning NCAA ski champs at the time. Oh, okay. So he that was basically what motivated to go there is he goes okay i love to ski this is the team this is where you got to be at mm-hmm. i want to be a champion he flipped the switch right just flipped the switch flip that switch um so unfortunately jake was all alone out out here <laughs> yeah um and he ended up getting cut by cut from the ski team he actually made it onto the team but he got cut by a guy named bill Meralt, who according to jake would later become his arch nemesis um, it's always good to have an arch nemesis, you know. You always have good. A Joker to your Batman. Nothing more motivating than an arch nemesis. Oh yeah. Um, and yeah, so I mean, Jake was lonely, as you can imagine. He moved out to a new state. He didn't know anybody, um, and he was frustrated because he just got cut from the ski team. Um, so he de- decided to move back east, where he. Question number two. Okay. Are you ready? How you, you holding up? Um, not gonna lie, this is kind of. Uh, if you if you initially noticed, uh, I was like wincing, like that was uh not fun. It was it was definitely like, it's a shock to your to your system. Uh, I can still feel it. Um, right on. Yeah. So let's let's keep going. Uh, <laughs> so uh, he decided to move back east, where he a pursued a career working with racehorses in New York until mm-hmm. he saw one get a shock to the nuts before a race and he quit on the spot or B he got a job with the central park zoo hosting feeding demonstrations with lions and other animals until witnessing a wild attack involving a coworker or C he got a job as a crab fisherman based out of Maine because he thought it would be quote one hell of an adventure. I'm going to go with the lions. Wait, walk, let's walk it through. Oh, oh okay. Yeah. Well, the reason... Okay, so um, the first one was... Uh, what's it called? The first one was Pursuit of Career with Racehorses. Uh, racehorses, yeah. I, I just think that's more like a Kentucky thing, you know? Like, who 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 goes to the east to race horses? That's weird. Um, I, I definitely think that's like a Tennessee kind of move. 
So okay. um, that's why I'm ruling that one out. Okay. Um, I'm thinking New York Zoo because I think of the movie Madagascar. And I'm yeah. thinking, yeah, lions. I mean, this is just so you know, way before that movie came out, but you know, yeah, there was a zoo there. That was that was literally my thought process, uh, and then the third one, like crab fishing, um, deadliest catch. Uh, I don't think it was popular back then, so I don't think, uh, like you know, people knew about that career path, and I think it takes a lot of time and effort to become one of those like fishermen. Okay, so. I'm going to go with the lion because of Madagascar. All right. So the answer is B. Watch your profanity. Um, <laughs> watch, watch my profanity. I didn't swear. That's not, that's not the answer. That's the, that's the wrong soundbite. But, uh... Bish way? Bish that's wrong. That's what? <laughs> that's the other ones are just improbable. Improbable, but one of them was true. So... Let's ice those nuts, and uh, I'll let you know what the right answer oh, was. Oh, no. Not again. Not again. Oh, gosh. I still got those cubes in there. Uh, that's four. Oh, shit. It's the good old four-cube rule. Oh, God. Oh, oh, oh. No. This is like a slow burn one. I feel like it's just going to yeah, get colder just, it, and colder and colder. It's consistently just... It's, it's like hurting. It's... I don't think it's starting to numb, but like, you're gonna have a numb pee pee. Let's be real. Yeah, these these go for what like about an hour or so usually. Yeah, might have like a numb pee pee by the end of it. Yep. Sorry, buddy. Yeah, it's all right. Sorry, pal. Yeah, I'm sorry about that. It'll be friend. okay, little buddy. Sorry, we'll make slugger. it through. <laughs> oh gosh. Uh, yeah. So I just stuck uh, another four ice cubes down my pants. Um, do we got any melted yet? I I see a little like meltage happening. Little meltage. I can okay. feel it. It is not fun. It is not fun. All right. So, are you ready to continue? Yeah. <laughs> I, I feel I feel like a little debilitated. Not gonna lie. Um, yeah, you don't seem to be very focused. I feel yeah, like your it's, attention. It's, it's it's very hard uh, yeah. to focus when <laughs> your nuts are freezing. Weird. Who would have thought? <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> it, it's just like it, it's like it, it's like a constant distraction. That's that's the thing. But I yeah. think it's appropriate talking about. Uh, this you know snow guy snow and, guy uh, yeah, yeah. so um so the correct answer was a he actually pursued a career working with racehorses in new york until <laughs> he saw one get shocked in the balls before a race and he quit right there on the spot and he's like oh what i'm, I'm here because i love animals yeah and what the fuck i'm out um, poor horse so again yeah jake loved animals but he couldn't bear he could not bear to see a horse get it bear horse yeah <laughs> Get shocked in the balls. Um, and to be honest, I, I probably couldn't either. That's kind of twisted, man. Yeah. Um, so after he quit there, he enrolled at NYU, a legit university, obviously. So now he's gone to three universities or three schools? Um, no, so the first was all high school stuff, right? Oh, okay. So he was like in a boarding, boarding school. school. Oh, okay. Yeah, he got kicked out of one. He went into another where he crushed it. And then he went, okay, no, second college, though. Then he went to CU, and now he's here. Um, so there he actually became captain of the swim team that we mentioned earlier. Wow. Um, he graduated and got a job at a small investment firm. Uh, he didn't exactly nice. love the 12 to 14 hour work days. So he, he left that and moved to Londonbury, Vermont. Vermont. That's where, uh, back where that snow ski and stuff started. Oh yeah. Yep. 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 Interesting. I'm seeing how this uh, pattern is starting, starting to play out. Wow. Um, so in 1977, using his $150,000 inheritance, which would today... Wow. Yeah, it's legit. Today it's worth uh, just over $620,000. Wow. Um, Still, like, I take the one fifty, but uh, the six hundred. Wow. Yeah, in today's money, it's worth six hundred, And he received it from his grandma passing because his mom wasn't there right and his grandma was really wealthy um so she kind oh. of like dispersed it out to the grandkids um and with that money he founded burton boards the first ever snowboard company ah interesting yeah i have not heard of burton boards really well there so we'll get into it obviously so oh, okay. 
basically, yeah, that's that's absolutely a lot of money. Um, but even so, what Jake did and what he was able to turn that money into was mm-hmm. just incredible. Um, he created an industry. He essentially created snowboarding. He's the inventor of snowboarding. Basically, yes. So he. Holy shit. Yeah, yeah. This gets. This gets <laughs> he's wild. And this um, is literally like after the Vietnam War. So nice. Okay, so this is like past the seventies. Yeah, again, this so is snowboarding is a relatively recent sport. Yeah, it's super recent when you consider that. Wow. It's in the seventies, late seventies. So. Uh, he worked taking care of a, a couple horses still while he's there in Vermont, uh, and bartended at night and prototyped boards during the day. He started with the original snurfer that we talked about earlier, uh, which he started riding when he was a child. Um, I'll show you another picture here. Here's good old Jake. Look at that. Oh, nice. All right. Don't look at my notes. Um, (laughs) So he tried a ton of stuff. He tried a surfboard-style construction. He steam bent solid ash to make a board and even tried a fiberglass kind of boat style construction, which apparently just exploded if you clipped any rocks or anything. It just like, I can imagine that, you know, if something's made out of fiberglass, it's kind of like brittle almost. Right. Yeah. Um, what, what, like, so while he was trying these out, he was using a dummy or was he actually just like going into I mean he's just ripping down hills you know trying to figure out see how it performs himself he was just pretty much all was all he him. just using like ski slopes probably and just like being like all right or I just I don't not not ski slopes necessarily but just any hills with mountain or with yeah. with snow coverage um, yeah interesting yeah so Jake uh, made and tested over a hundred different boards before settling on the first Burton snowboard okay Once he got a design down, his plan was to make and hopefully sell 50 snowboards a day, which would equal $100,000 a year. But this would be tough, obviously. At the time, snowboards weren't allowed at ski resorts. It's a totally new thing, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Jake had to go door-to-door trying to sell his boards, um, trying to sell his uh, boards to ski shops, um, and basically all doing it in Vermont out of the back of his station wagon. Yeah. So this is like old school entrepreneurship oh, like, like, hustle. Yeah, hustling, but it's almost like like a drug dealer kind of thing. Oh yeah. <laughs> a little drug dealer. Hey, hey, hey kid, you want you want to buy a snowboard? It's like, kind of legal on these slopes. Come check this here board out. Boy. Yeah, yeah. All right, nice. Okay, cool. That, that, that's a pretty cool thing. It, it actually does remind me a hey, lot. Can you of... give me some ice in my water real quick? <laughs> <laughs> you suck. Yeah, good four. No, 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 just like a couple's fine. There we go. Yeah, thanks. That was a cruel joke. <laughs> um, but it reminds me of uh, what's it called? Uh, remember on a previous episode, I, I was talking about uh, tri- trial and error for surfing. Yeah. Uh, this guy did it all at once. You know, basically did it all himself. But I mean, remember, unlike the surfers, he had like this design base, to work off yeah, with to the work surfer off of. that he had yeah. started with and was really familiar with. Yeah, that's that's pretty cool to see, like, th- that transformation and that, like, learning process. Yeah. Um, and how he kind of, like, developed that. It's impressive. I mean, he put, he was passionate, man. Yeah. He, just he hustled, to... he grinded, he was passionate. <laughs> yeah, you said it with a lot of intensity, and I was not ready for that, but okay. <laughs> um, so, uh, so, yeah, again. I'm just over here chilling. <laughs> nice. That was a good one. <laughs> Literally. So he's he's selling these boards out of the back of a station wagon. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on his interview with Guy Raz on the How I Built This podcast, which we definitely recommend to check out, he recalled at the time that he went out one day with 38 snowboards and came home with 40 because a customer returned two of them that just weren't going to sell. So, mm-hmm. you know, sounds a little deflating to say the least. Yeah, go out with like, certain amount coming back with you yeah you're trying to sell them and then he's like refunded (laughs) two more now um yeah so so yeah again things things weren't really going great for jake but you know they were going he was doing what he loved he had money so they were going yeah so uh that all started to turn around though um january turning point first yeah he has a somewhat of a turning point here january 1st 1982 um where at a New, 
New Year's, sorry, not New Jersey, a New Year's party, Jake Burton met. We got our third question. Oh, oh, interesting. So a lot of good things happen at New Year's parties, not going to lie. You, we meet some of the best people there sometimes. Yeah, you never know. You yeah. never know who you're going to meet. Yeah, um, I agree. Totally. So he met A, Donna Gaston, Gaston. Uh, his future wife, a 19-year-old student at Columbia University um, who was visiting from Vermont uh, f- for the holiday. Sorry, visiting Vermont from for, for her holiday. Jesus Christ. Okay. So um, future wife visiting Ver- Vermont. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, or B, uh, his first sponsored rider, a guy named Craig Kelly, that was instrumental in bringing snowboarding into resorts and popularizing it with the youth. Mm-hmm. Or C, his business partner, a guy named Mike Reese, who worked with Jake to take their manufacturing and distribution to the next level that would later become one of Burton's CEOs. Ooh, interesting. I'm going to rule out the wife. Um, just because... <laughs> This is a story about him becoming successful. You yeah, know? but like wives, are you saying, are you saying, what are you saying about wives? What are you saying about women, Avinash? I'm not, I'm not saying anything about that. I'm just saying like, Jesus Christ. Other, oh, oh. <laughs> Hit him with the Jesus Christ. Yeah, I'm going to, I just don't think that would, I mean, it does, actually, actually, it's a New Year's Eve party. <laughs> People meet wives at New Year's Eve parties all the time. Do they, or do they meet slam pieces? You know what I mean? I, I I don't have a comment on that one, but um. <laughs> <laughs> All right, keep like keep keep keep, uh, keep walking us through my thought process. Um, I'm gonna say the next one was the the sponsored athlete. So take oh, us through a sponsored that. athlete. So the reason I I think this one's infeasible is because who practiced? You know what I mean? Like who who had the reps to be good at snowboarding? No one. Because no one f- fucking bought this, you know? Yeah, well, maybe one guy did. And, and just randomly got fucking good at it and he was pro? Or no. Maybe he um, was good at another sport. Maybe he was great at surfing. Maybe he was great at, you know, skiing or some shit. Yo, hit um, me with that chapstick. So anyway, um, I think... It, it's it's unlikely that it's going to be a sponsored athlete, um, but the business partner thing sounds very feasible. Mostly because me and you met at a fucking party. That's true. That's a good point. Not um, a point. So, Not a bad point. Um, I'm gonna go with business partner. So that is C, his business partner, Mike Reese, who worked with Jake to take manufacturing and distribution to the next level. That would later become Burton's CEO. Um, Do you feel good about that answer? I feel so good. Just kidding. I don't feel good at all. Do you feel like hot or cold? Like Mm -hmm. one of those. Uh, Like (laughs) burr cold. Like so cold. Burr cold. Yeah. It's starting to numb actually, which is kind of scaring me. Um, (laughs) What what do you mean it? What do you mean it's starting to numb? When I'm saying it, uh, my little friend downstairs. (laughs) Your little pal? Your buddy? Yeah. He's... He's not he's not enjoying himself right now. Okay, well, you know what? You know what you are? You stupid. Oh, no, 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 no. Um, yeah, so you're 0 for 3, man. Not doing great. So, uh, Ice Ice Baby. Oh, my God. Wait, 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 wait. Wait, just you do your thing. I'm going to... I'm just going to do... Oh boy, <laughs> that is so cold. Oh my gosh. Um, for anyone who's listening, um, I'm sorry for all these sounds. Um, wah, wah. try it yourself and it's see cold. and, and wah, see and wah, see wah. what happens. Just just try it yourself and see and and see how long you can s- sit in a chair and uh, f- try and focus on things <laughs> because I've I've been sitting here for what like 25 minutes or so. Um, uh, Looks about half an hour, yeah, twenty yeah. minutes since the first cube yeah, so, brushed your nuts. Yeah, so um it, it's 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 a very interesting experience. It's cold. It's very freaking cold. Good, good, good. Good, good, um, good. 
Yeah. So. So yep. you ready for let's, the right yeah, answer? Let, let, yeah, I'm <laughs> ready for the right answer. Just hit me. <laughs> let's get through this. You don't want me to stall for a little bit? <laughs> Why are you stalling? <laughs> so, um, so, yeah, January 1st, 1982, uh, Jake met Donna Gast and his future wife. So Donna was 19 when they married a year later in 1983. So when he met her... Um, he met his wife? Yeah, he met his That's wife. That's the right answer? Yeah, he met his wife. <laughs> 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 That's the one I ruled out so quickly. Well, you started to reconsider it. Oh, so my I, goodness. I try to trick you sometimes. I'll like play a little devil's advocate <laughs> when I know it's the right answer. Not pains. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, they got married a year later in 1983 at her parents' home in Greenwich, Connecticut. Uh, to a 29-year-old Jake Carpenter. So he's 10, year, 10 years older than her. And uh, I mean, I feel 10 years is a, kind of a lot when you're 19. Uh, but hey, you know, the parents were cool with it. He's a good dude. Yeah. Um, and, and it worked out. And he inherited a shitload of money. So. And he got a lot of money. He got stacks. Stacks yeah. on stacks on stacks. Um, so it was also the same year that Stratton Mountain in Vermont became the first major resort to allow snowboarders on the lifts. Oh, nice. Yeah. it's. I mean, it's coming legitimate. But uh, I kind of wonder, you know, I don't know if you've been skiing or snowboarding, but I wonder if they, like, reconsidered it once they realized every snowboarder, like, fell off the lift the first few times. Oh, probably. <laughs> uh, I, I've been skiing once in my life. I was really young. Uh, uh-huh. I was, like, eighth grade. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, I noticed all the people getting injured were mostly snowboarders. Well, getting off the lift specifically when you first start snowboarding is so wonky because in a chair you sit with your hips squared up, right? Mm. You're just sitting straight. Yeah. Your snowboard is not straight. You cannot slide off that way. Oh, you, so have you have to, to try angle. to turn sideways. And so you're sitting, like, on the edge of the chair with your, like, hips turned sideways and your board facing forward. And then you have to try to push up. And then you're, like, squeezed in with skiers to your left and your right. Sometimes your board will end up on the back of a ski or something, and you, I don't know. It's not it takes a little bit. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, so either way, um, that move was key and Burton finally breaking even for the first time ever. Um, things started picking up. They found a manufacturer in Austria to produce the first steel-edge snowboards. Ooh, steel-edged. Yeah, so so for you Floridians mm-hmm. um, and other people. California. Skis and snowboards, um, the edge of them is steel because ice, things can get icy and you need to be able to carve, like cut into the snow when you carve, right? Yeah. So you need kind of a sharp edge to be able to do that. Um, so it's, it's made of metal. Interesting. Um, so... Let's see. Things start being a fundamental. So during all this time, Jake was just waiting for a big ski company to come along and take over snowboarding and just like wipe them out. Uh, but most of them just continued to laugh at it and didn't really take it seriously. Oh. So Burton was able to grow and grow without without much of their competition Rivalry. or interference. Yeah, that's a good deal, huh? Yeah. No competition, kind of just building your own like niche. Yeah, pretty much. Um, so Jake and Donna actually moved to Austria for a few years to establish some roots in Europe, which was kind of a genius business move. Yeah. Like they got some traction going to the U.S. Mm. Snow sports are huge in Europe. Like let's, you know. Yeah, all the white people here in uh, the U.S. love it. Maybe the white people in Europe are going to love it. White people love snow sports, dude. It's yeah. one thing I know about the whites. <laughs> it's one, one thing I know about the whites. Oh, did I did I lose the that's racist button? Oh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> Death racist. Yeah, just to mention that. So for the next decade, Burton and the snowboarding industry continued to grow steadily. By 1992, they hit 100 employees and moved their head office to Burlington, Vermont. And through the 90s, snowboarding would become an international craze, gaining 2.3 million riders in the U.S. alone. Oh, wow. So this shit just, like, it went exponential growth style, baby. Hockey stick growth. For more douchey entrepreneurship terms, you can check out out the lifestyle. (laughs) Um, All right, Zaz. We're doing something over here, buddy. So competitions started, such as, like, the X Games in 1995. 
Um, next came a huge step in legitimizing the sport in the world, getting snowboarding into the Olympics, which is the biggest stage there is. What are you you're just like staring at your crotch? What are you doing well, over there? I'm feeling like it's weird. It's it's like cold. It's really fucking cold. <laughs> it's like terrifyingly cold. Okay, well, we got another question coming up. Soon, oh so. no! Are you serious? <laughs> maybe, yeah, maybe. maybe okay, okay, maybe, okay. Maybe. keep going, keep going. Um, yeah, I might actually also have six questions in this one, but are you joking? <laughs> it doesn't really make it worse, though. You know what I mean? It's like yeah, it's it, already at a certain point. It's just it, it continues to get worse, which is uh, surprising. All right, we'll we'll keep it moving then. So FIS, F-I-S, the International Ski Federation, uh, were the ones to make it happen, oddly enough. And in the words of Jake Carpenter, mm-hmm. A. Oh, that's the question? Hold yeah, in, in his words. Like, let's in his see words, all right. Let's how see. well you know his personality I'm, I'm gonna, and stuff. I'm, I'm going to challenge my inner Jake Carpenter. Yeah, man. I like snowboarding, dude. Dude. That's how Jake sounds. Okay. So A. It was the crowning achievement of my career. B, it was a complete disaster. C, it was a disappointing coming out party. Or D, it wasn't cool at all. Hmm, interesting. Uh, Let me know which ones you want me to read again. So, like, the crowning achievement one doesn't seem like Jake enough, you know? He seemed like a snarky, you know, kind of guy. You know, like, yeah. 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 You know? So what's the second one? Uh, it was a complete disaster. Um, th- This is a candidate. This is definitely a candidate. Uh, next one? It was a disappointing coming out party. Dissing? Oh. Disappointing. See, see this, this one's interesting because you used the word party. Um, and that that's like a cool guy thing you know like uh using using the word party yeah like think about the avengers right okay iron man's being followed up a giant monster kind of thing my ice melted could you hit me with with another (laughs) thanks thanks bud anyway so iron man's being followed by this giant like space monster and he's like hey i'm bringing the i'm bringing the party to you (laughs) and (laughs) Next thing you know, uh, giant you know space monsters there and they're fighting it and Hulk does his you know I'm always angry thing. But anyway, uh, enough of that. Uh, I'm thinking that's a cool guy move and that's like a Jake Carpenter kind using of move. the word party. Yeah, just 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 just. Do you want to hear the last that, one? Just again? that energy. There's another what, what, one. What's the last one? It was it was not cool at all. Ooh, see that's also a good <laughs> candidate too. Because he used the word cool and cool guys use the word cool. Is that you? No, no, because. Um, <laughs> Just because it seems so subvertive, you know, like, yeah, like, eh, it's whatever. He's like, yeah, chill. It's, it's totally not cool at all. Yeah, um, I mean, he's it, that also that also reminds me a lot of Iron Man, you know, like remember in uh, Iron Man One when they're in the Humvee, snowboarding and, and like chill, whatever, laid back compares to like billionaire genius Iron Man. I don't know. Keep, keep going. Um, <laughs> keep going. <laughs> um, so between the three that I've I've determined. I, I'm going to go with the party phrase okay. as the one <laughs> final answer. Are you sure? Sure. Well, when you ask it that way, now it's like sure? a... Well, you still, no, you're committing I'm, to it. I'm more just asking it because... I'm uneasy now. Because um, I want to make you uncomfortable. <laughs> well, well, it's definitely succeeding, so Are I'm very sure? uncomfortable. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh, gosh. Um, well. So Colin has reached for the soundboard. He's bum, going. Bum, uh, am I correct? Arnold. Wait, what was that? You stupid. Oh, no. <laughs> Are you kidding? Am I getting every question wrong? I mean, thus far, yes. That would be correct. You've gotten every question wrong. So, uh, <gasps> so yeah. Oh, I mean, I'm man. sorry. Maybe it wasn't cool at all or something. But, uh. Let's get all four of these fuckers. Oh, God. Yo, VIP. Let's kick it. Oh, and it's starting to melt. Bruh. <laughs> it's a nice, like, schmegma soup. Schmegma no. soup. It's just like pain. Not like ice, ice. Pain. It's a different kind of pain. <laughs> it's like cold pain. Yeah. Um. Ice, ice. 
It's gnarly, gnarly. Doing, doing I'm having fun, break. man. I gotta say, I'm enjoying this. You're enjoying watching. I'm me enjoying b- that we have ice here for when my water's ice gets melted. Um, so um, I got nice cold I, I, water. I think the worst part's when it's melting. Oh yeah, I could see that because now it's like. First, it's like where the ice is directly placed. Yes. Now it's just like soaking your nuts. Yeah, now it's definitely. It's it's. Uh, Do we got? Wait, can you like stand out? I'm curious to see if there's any like drippage. <laughs> All right, let's move the mic one second. <laughs> it looks like I peed my pants. Dude, it, <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, it's all it's running down my leg. It's running down my freaking <laughs> leg. Oh jeez! Oh yeah, it's way worse. Oh my gosh! It's Dude, way it's so way lumpy worse. looking. Just all the like ice lumps. It's so bad. It's so bad. <laughs> the wetness. Oh gosh, it makes it so worse. Oh the wetness. Um, so it wasn't cool at all. Um, Burton began noticing that fists, that ski federation I mentioned was holding snowboarding competitions just kind of out of the blue. Like, out of nowhere, this big organization that runs all of skiing is like, hey, let's do snowboarding comps. Um, and then, without talking to Jake Burton, the motherfucking guy that galvanized the snowboarding movement, mm-hmm. um, they just decided they themselves would put it in the Olympics one day. Um, oh, what? Yeah, it's like, imagine what finding out something through, like, Twitter. It's like he just found out oh, that later this on? baby that he had built. Uh, a whole industry. Yeah, and like had a whole no sport. idea they were doing this. Whole, Nothing. Yeah. Um, what the freaking hell? Yeah, so in, in 1998, snowboarding came to Nagano, Japan, but there was one problem. The idiot spelled snowboarding wrong. <laughs> Oh, that's embarrassing. Yeah, on the signs it was spelled S N O dash boarding, snowboarding, S N O not W no W O. Yeah, snowboarding. Um, snowboarding. Okay. <laughs> Where is my button? <laughs> Hold on. No, I was pronouncing it the way it's spelled. Hold on. <laughs> Wait, you want to say that? Out? No. <laughs> you want to say that again? <laughs> There's no, um, there's no W. <laughs> I don't know if it was the W that was getting you in trouble there. Oh, Jazzy, we're busy, buddy. So, um, and to further disrespect the sport, they held snowboarding events in conditions that were deemed too dangerous for the prestigious ski events. It was legitimately a rainstorm. Um, but luckily, over time... They have gotten um, more and more popular and organized about it and a lot safer. And how uh, even in the most recent Olympics, though, Jake, again, in the How I Built This podcast, said the venues are pretty sketchy. Um, but again, since then, uh, of course, snowboarding has become one of the top most viewed sports in the Winter oh, Olympics. Yeah. Um, just think, I mean, think about it. Like, uh, What's it called? Uh, what's his name? Um He's famous for uh, snowboarding. I can't think of yeah. it right well, now. Well, I'll mention him in a second. So, oh, shit. In, t- in 2018, 21 million people tuned in to see Sean White. That's his name. <laughs> get his third think, Olympic gold. Um, <laughs> pain. Yeah, fair enough. Dude, your nuts are going to be redder than his hair in a minute. <laughs> uh, if they're not already. So, he, I don't think I have nuts anymore. I think they're shrunken. Yeah, they're just a whoop. <laughs> slurped back up uh so he got his third olympic gold medal in the men's half pipe which was uh the most viewership 21 million people the most viewership um since 1987 before snowboarding even got into the olympics at all excuse me uh jake had a variety of health problems throughout his life in april of 2011 he had heart surgery for a mitral valve prolapse Ah, that's not <laughs> fun at all. Prolapse. A condition oh oh that he God. has had since birth. Um, that in September of 2011, Jake was diagnosed with testicular cancer, and he promptly kicked its ass, uh, and it was clear by early 2012. But the problems were just beginning, unfortunately. Um, in 2014, Jake found that he would need a partial knee replacement, Oh, no. uh, which is pretty rough news for a snowboarder. Yeah. He still loved to snowboard, and snowboarding like 100 days out of the year. 
Um, but somehow, just three weeks later, he was able to snowboard on it again, which is fucking gnarly if you think he about invented it. invented the sport. Yeah, but it's a knee replacement. And yeah. he was able to snowboard, which is all knees and stuff, yeah. three weeks, not months, three weeks later. Weeks, that's wow. crazy. Yeah, that's pretty nuts. Um, but unfortunately, again, these are all just speed bumps uh, for Jake compared to what happened next. Um, no. Yeah, it's about to get dark. So March 12th, 2015, Jake was rushed to the Copley Hospital and diagnosed with Miller-Fisher syndrome. He was told in just three days he wouldn't be able to swallow, to breathe, or even open his eyes. Uh, then over the next two and a half weeks, paralysis took over his entire body. Um, he spent eight weeks with varying levels of paralysis, but still on a full-time breathing machine throughout that. And by April 22nd, he began the road to recovery, um, building back the most basic functions, using silverware, um, things like that. And in August 19th, which is just over five months later, um, they finally were able to remove his feeding tube. And before the year's end, um, Jake again somehow managed to make it back on his snowboard. And he was able to hit the slopes again. So this Miller Fisher's thing, it's like a crazy debilitating thing that basically puts you in a full body paralysis. But still somehow he recovered from that and got back out of it. Holy shit. But his battle was still not over. Oh. Still not over. So November 10th, 2019, Jake sent an email to Burton employees. Quote, you will not believe this, but A. <laughs> is this a question? It is a question. A, my cancer has come back. B, the symptoms of my Miller Fishers have returned, or C, I've been diagnosed this time with leukemia. I kind of don't want to answer this question. It's this so, such kind a of sad a thing one. to say. We've already done four. I, I can skip it if you want. Um, I'm going to say leukemia. Leukemia. Okay, well, you're wrong. But, uh, all right, all right. I'll just ice myself. It's yeah, actually getting it, numb now. Do so it for like, Jake. Do it for it's Jake. It's kind of like the ice bucket challenge, but more like... Um, painful yeah it's again this is november 10th 2019 this is uh like three months ago oh four months ago really recent very recent uh uh so his cancer had come back um it's the same tumor as a this this is a a quote from the the email that he wrote to all of his employees right Mm -hmm. quote it's the same tumor as the first time around we just never got rid of it all. A bit of it hung out in my lymph nodes and got back into business. The odds are in my favor, but it's going to be a struggle for sure. As much as I dread what is facing me, it's easier to deal with when you know that you have family that will carry on. I feel the same way about my company, my friends, and our support. And our sport, sorry. I'll be back, but regardless... Everything is in good hands, which is an amazing feeling when entering this zone of uncertainty. Just 11 days after that email was sent, uh, Jacob Burton Carpenter passed away, surrounded by his family and loved ones. It was a huge loss to the snowboarding community. He was the heart and soul behind the movement, and millions of riders, including myself, benefit from his dedication and passion to building this sport. Um... So, yeah, un- unfortunately, Jake, fantastic guy, beloved by his employees. Um, yeah, it's a real tragedy, actually. Yeah. Um, yeah. But uh, for our review question, we got some, some action items. Um, again, Jake was a, a really interesting person, and he actually did a interview that we referenced a couple times with Guy Raz of the How I Built This podcast. Um, so we're going to send a link to that in our notes. Um, I definitely recommend you check it out. It gives you a really good feel for Jake's life and who he was as a person by listening to him talk. Mm -hmm. Um, we'll also link to protect our winters, which helps fighting climate change to keep winters all good. And the chill foundation, um, which was established by Jake and it's where people are asking any donations to go to, 
um, if you want to support something that Jake loves, which is getting people out snowboarding. And um, But yeah, we'll also have a couple good YouTube videos for you to check out uh, that we looked at. And yeah, so I mean, snowboarding, eh? Yeah, no, but it's interesting to learn the story behind the sport and also finding out that it's it's a rel- relatively like new sport in general. Oh yeah, like it's not li- like a uh, you know surfing or something that's been like around forever. Um, this was invented and you know created in one generation and popularized. Yeah. Like I've heard about snowboarding my entire life, you know. Um, so I, I I think that's very interesting that um, it came about very recently, uh, and I didn't think it w- was such a recent discovery and recent like yeah it's pretty recent of, yeah i'm gonna say recent a bunch of times um i don't know another word for it but yeah it, it, it's a interested good it's a very good story and and i think more more people need to hear about it um it's like good old i mean grand yes he started with uh some fortune in a sense but yeah he also battled through a lot of diversity and that turnaround yeah. he made you know as a kid is what led to it all he Agreed. flipped a switch and was like what am i doing with my life let me get my shit together and then that that crazy work ethic and stuff is the only reason it was possible exactly. outside i i believe personally even if he didn't have the money he would have found a way i i think so too yeah uh he definitely ran into so many obstacles and setbacks and just worked through them he didn't let that stop him um which which i think is a very important trait to have when you're trying to make something happen mm-hmm. um so yeah matt props to this guy yeah, so uh, are you ready for your last review question? Yeah, let's go. So what we're going to do instead of uh, putting more ice in, because that's kind of pointless at this point, is I'm just going to pour the rest of my water on your crotch. So, <laughs> you know, why not? It's already wet, right? It's moist, yeah. It's a little yeah, moist. It's, it's melty wet, yeah. Um, so I think it was a pretty straightforward one. Uh, what year was snowboarding allowed for the first time at that resort? called stratton mountain in vermont what year 1980 off to a good start 86 L- less good finish shit eight. <laughs> earlier 84 one year earlier 83 is an 83 yeah oof 83 which is i believe it was that same year that he had married his wife he met his wife in 82 and then he married his wife in 83. So. No, no, no. Shit. Fuck. Fuck me. You're welcome. That's so cool. Okay. Anyway, if you like this episode, uh, make sure you like, comment, subscribe, and leave us a review. Um, I'm in a lot of pain. Um, yeah, so be sure to follow us on Instagram at OutTheLifestyle. Our website, OutTheLifestyle.com. We'll have these stories as blog posts if you want some more information. We're going to have links in the show notes to all these good resources if you want to learn more about this stuff. But, uh, yeah, if you have any good ideas for other punishments for us to endure, slide into our DMs, baby. Yep. Oh, yeah, and um, protect your wild. I forgot about that. <laughs> so cold.